0: Welcome to Between the Lines, I'm Tracy Hunter-Abramson, and I am here with Sean M. Bessie, Sarah M. Eden, and Esther Hatch, and today we're going to talk about one of the questions that we get asked a lot, and that is, how do authors get paid? So, who here would like to explain how royalties and advances work in the traditional publishing world?
1: Well... I don't know if I can do the traditional publishing world as a whole. I can do my little tiny part of the traditional world. That will work. <laughs> so uh, for those of us who write for Covenant, um, we are paid twice a year, every six months. Um, and so there's a long space between paychecks.
2: Yeah. And, and what we're paid on is royalties. So I get that question a lot too. And even sometimes people say like, well, what's the best way to buy your book to get you the most money for your book? And and I think in, for the most part, they kind of even out a little bit. So I, I just tell people, buy what, what whatever platform you enjoy the most. So royalties are different um, based on what type of platform you get. But basically you've got your paperback royalties, which is a percentage of the profits. And it's usually the smallest percentage because there's a lot of costs involved in printing the paperback. And then you have um, ebook royalties, which is usually larger. I mean, I probably almost always larger. I've never heard of it being smaller, <laughs> but that's, it's a larger percentage, but you're selling the book for less typically. So you might get a similar amount in your bank account from an ebook and then audiobooks. It, again, same thing. It's a larger portion than what you would get from a paperback. But still, just a constant percentage on those of what you will get um, that will come into your paycheck that you get twice a year if you're with Covenant. <laughs> yeah.
3: Right. And I publish with several publishers and they also pay twice a year. So I think that's pretty standard. Um, the only real exception to that is advances, which um, exist in the traditional publishing world. Not every single traditional publisher. Uh, does them. But those who do in advance is basically money that's paid to an author before a book is turned in or finished. Um, The book has been uh, pitched usually or has been, uh, it it could even be finished at the time. Um, But uh, a publisher has accepted it. It's under contract. And as part of that contract, they will give you um, money upfront that goes against your royalties usually an advance is what the publisher thinks the book will earn like total so um they say this is about what we expect from it so we're willing to put this up up front and then you know we'll move forward with the book. so that can be paid in multiple ways it's usually paid in more than one payment there's often an on signing advance which is when you sign your contract there's often a upon receipt Portion of the advance, which is once you turn it in. There is often a um, when the book actually comes out, you get the rest of it, or when edits are finished, you get it. it depends on your contract, but it's called an advance because it's paid in advance of the book being published. Um, and you don't start earning royalties on that book until you have earned out your advance, which means the royalties that you would have gotten equal what they've already paid you. So that's an advance. That one gets a little bit complicated, um, but it's nice that you have the money while doing the editing and the work on it. That can help (laughs) fund your ability to live, which is kind of nice. (laughs) Um, The other aspect of getting paid that can be a little bit confusing or complicated. If you're represented by an agent and that agent has negotiated your contracts with the publisher, then the agents, the agent and their agency will receive a percentage of your earnings of your royalties. Um, as how they get paid to do the work that they do on your behalf. And I've had that done in two different ways. Either the publisher sends the entirety of your royalties on your books that are contracted through that agency to the agency, and then they keep their share and send you the rest. Or it gets split and the publisher pays you your royalties minus the agency's commission and then sends the agency a check for their commission. So confusing <laughs> I feel like every time I'm in charge of explaining something it gets really confusing but okay. I think it's one of the reasons when people say how do authors get paid we all just kind of start to cry <laughs> because it's so complicated <laughs> so well, okay how confusing are
0: your royalty statements seriously
3: oh my word I have been at this for I think 12 years now and as recently as my most recent royalty statement I was sitting in front of it for a ridiculous amount of time, checking things and confusion. What does this mean? And why is this here? And I think this is a new category. (laughs) They're so confusing.
1: Yeah, seriously, they are so confusing. They are so confusing to the point where I just have to say a little prayer that the accountant got it right, because I'm pretty sure I'm not going to find the problem if there is one. (laughs) Because there are so many pages and so many different categories. And a lot of it is written in legalese and so it's it is a challenge to figure out what everything means yeah and there are abbreviations
2: that you're like I'm not sure what that means and and this goes a lot to what I was talking about the different types of royalty so when you get your check they they divide it all up by your audiobooks and your um ebooks and but then there a lot of times you're also in subscription type programs and and so within that there's divisions of that as well and so it does get very confusing and I'm like Sean I kind of say a little prayer and hope for the best <laughs> and I do know like if I had questions I could email and ask but um I don't usually <laughs> unless I can tell there's something that I'm like that doesn't seem right but yeah right. and I actually have had a lot of people reach out and
0: ask me those questions like okay now what do I look for so I'm gonna ask you do you guys have any advice on what authors should look for when they get their royalty statements as far as like to make sure there
1: aren't any mistakes, like where are the mistakes hiding? Um, I think probably the most basic thing is, especially when an author has multiple books, the more books you have published with a particular publishing house, the longer your statements are gonna be, obviously. Um, And so you just need to make sure that all your books are listed. And as Esther mentioned, each format of each book um, you know whether it's the ebook or the audio book or the paperback or um, just make sure they're all there.
3: Sorry, my mic was muted. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to hop in and say I think it probably would surprise people that books would be missing from a royalty statement, but I think probably most of us have had that happen. So yes, check for your books. If you're with multiple publishers, make sure you know which books with which publisher, (laughs) because sometimes it's missing and you think, oh, it's on the other statement. No, it's not. That's the wrong publisher. (laughs) Um, So in addition to checking for your books and checking for your formats, know at least vaguely what your percentages for the different formats should be. I had an issue with the royalty statement relatively recently. And that was the problem. There was a percentage that had been put in wrong. It had been put in as zero. So it was really wrong. <laughs> yeah. But that's where the error was. It, that, that, just the percentage was wrong. So the computer program was calculating it wrong because it was just entered incorrectly. So yeah, know your books, know your formats, know your percentages and check for them.
2: Yeah. And I think the more royalty statements you get, the better you get, like you said, kind of knowing what you should be getting. From different things, and and the only mistakes I've ever seen are pretty big, and so they it was noticeable. Like you said, like a like I didn't get paid for something that should have been a large portion of of my royalties, and so it was it was fairly fairly obvious. And and the more you get these statements, the longer you're into the career the more you will be able to kind of recognize like what things should be that first royalty statement. I had no clue what I should be paid or what, and you know, like, is this what others really make? How do they live type situation? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all laugh because we've all had. Ramen ramen noodles. This, we're like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think the other thing too, is just, you know, I know a lot of people are like, all oh, right, is somebody trying to cheat me? And gen- we, we're very fortunate that we're working with publishing houses that are not. But generally, they're trying to do the best. Usually a mistake is just somebody typed in a number wrong or something like that. But the other thing too, is that for subscriptions and like Kindle and things like that, some those often will be there'll be a delay. And so mm-hmm. like, if our royalty statement ends on the 30th of June and I had a June release, well, my eBooks aren't gonna be there yet. My subscriptions aren't gonna be there yet. So understanding and and just asking questions with the publishing house can give you, make sure that you understand that when there is a mistake and when something's missing because it's just not time for it to be there yet. Um, So how is this different for self-published authors? Because I am not one of those.
2: I self-publish with Amazon, and there are different ways to publish that by yourself. And so I'm not sure how it works when you do that. But with Amazon, you do get paid every month, which is nice. It's on a two-month delay. So when you put your book out, you won't get your first check for two months. And then you'll get paid for that first month. Um, But it also has a subscription, like if you're in... Kindle Unlimited and there's there's still a lot of trust you have to put in the system of like okay I guess that's how many people read my book like I I hope that's accurate or how many pages were read and they're picking those prices they pay out honestly and 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 honestly the audiobooks for self-publishing have been the most confusing for me with royalties and how those get paid out 100% agree like and they literally were like about half than what I was expecting based on how the royalties worked with Kindle. So it's kind of an interest. And then once you get used to it, you're like, I guess that's just how audio works. (laughs) But that first time, there's always like a few surprises. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, definitely. So what do you think um, are the biggest challenges that we have in making a living, like actually making a living as an author?
1: I think one of the biggest things is that we don't have a a set or a stable income Um, even even if you are writing consistently even if you have one two three four books coming out a year some books sell better than others um, and you just don't know for sure which ones are going to um, take off and which ones aren't and then sometimes you'll have something totally unexpected like a pandemic hit that (laughs) affect your income you know nobody is going into the bookstores or more people are reading you just there are just so many variables that it's really hard to say yes this is how much I'm going to have this is how much I can plan on yeah and I think just kind of stepping
2: back from like exact numbers just the lifestyle of an author sometimes this is a hard way to make a living because really, once you step into this and decide this is my career, you have to continually put out books or else your income just Mm -hmm. drops. I mean, I guess there's a flip side of that is you could quit working and you'd still get income for a while, you know, (laughs) but so there is that, I mean, that's, that's a a positive, like there is some residual income that would keep coming in, but it would just dwindle and dwindle until it's pretty much non-existent at some point. But, um, so I think like that pressure of I have to write another book, I have to write another book, I have to write another book. And w- in a creative type environment, sometimes that can kind of stifle you, I would say. But that's one of the struggles I have, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can totally see that. I think another thing is also just trying to balance everything, you know, following on that. It's, you know, we're trying to be creative, then we're trying to, we have to handle, you know, whatever aspects of marketing, um, are going with, you know, books going out and things like that. And, um, and then at what point are we making enough that it's worth it to farm things off to, you know, whether it's sending things out to a proofreader and doing freelance people helping us or hiring an assistant and, you know, things like that. It can, it can be crazy not to mention we have to do our taxes and accounting. Like we're literally running our own business. And I don't think most people realize you're signing
3: up for that. So, right. I have had people ask so many times over the years, which class I took in college, I feel is the most helpful for me as a writer. And I know they expect it to be the class I took on Shakespeare or the class I took on 19th century literature or creative writing. And I say, no, hands down, accounting, 100%. And it's because (laughs) of this, you're running a business and you got to know where your money is and where it isn't and cost benefit analysis and all this kind of ridiculous stuff that you do. the time so yeah that can be a huge barrier another issue for especially for for um authors like me who have significant health issues a barrier to it being your career is you don't get health insurance (laughs) in this job you're you're running your own business yes but you're more like an independent contractor so if you wanted this to be your full-time exclusive career you got to go try and find individual health insurance and that can be difficult and expensive and yeah, so that that can also be a barrier that I think we don't always think about, but it's a significant one. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And and I, I know all of us, I think, are fortunate that we're married to somebody who has health insurance. So we're like, <laughs> we're keeping you around, honey. Exactly. <laughs>
3: I tease. I tease my husband. I was like, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. so, I lean I mean, on you for my health insurance. He's like, I hope you like me for other reasons too. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, we do love our husbands. That's, that is very yeah. important. But, <laughs> but um, we're, we're, we hope that you've enjoyed this glimpse of kind of behind the scenes of what the finances do look, for, do look like for authors. I mean, our income can range greatly, um, especially depending on how big our backlist is and, and things like that. But if you have any questions about royalties or about the author career in general, we'd love for you to share them in our comments. Um, thank you so much for joining us on Between the Lines, and we hope we'll see you next time. Oh, oh,